Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Going live now. We're going live now, baby. So that we Welcome can do another talk about inside. Exactly. Of the Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we are going to recap the Super Bowl, our thoughts on it, what happened, what transpired, what do we think of the game. And then of course we're gonna give you some thoughts on what we feel like the future might look like for these Rams and even the Bengals. And then from there. We're going to talk about uh, worst of first. Who do we think has the opportunity of being next year's Bengals team? Um, I think there's a several teams that could make that leap. And some of them are kind of cheating because they're actually, they were decent, but they were in a, in a good division type of scenario as well. Um, and then, of course, we're going to talk about the halftime show, one of our, our favorite commercials from the big game. And then, of course, we're going to end the show with our favorite segment, the movie corner. As always, I'm joined by my frightful friend, who loves chainsaws and can't wait to talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre later. Matthew Fox, how are you, buddy? Yeah, I. You know, when you start the a day uh, facing your greatest fear, which actually is chainsaws. I, I've never actually completed a film that had a chainsaw in it. Um, as I told you, I never even completed Scarface because as soon as they brought out a chainsaw, I like left the dorm room and my roommate's like, don't you want to see the end? I'm like, no, nope, you can just tell me about it. It was a, it was something. The happy hour podcast where we face our fears week to week. I love it. I love it. The things that we do for our love of film and the love of the banana meter. Um, <laughs> it's really what it is at the end of the day is Matthew Fox will forever hate me and forever bring in our friendship 10 years from now. We talk about how he still has nightmares about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I put it on the banana meter. And he felt obligated to be a good critic and review everything that hits the banana meter. Speaking of what to do the banana meter next week or this weekend is Uncharted and, of course, that Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Next week, we've got the horror film coming to Hulu, No Exit. And next week, this guy. Gets I didn't to- realize it was so horrible. This guy. This guy gets to see the Batman. So I'm very excited about that. And then, of course, that'll hit the banana meter. I've heard a lot of good things. I can't tell you from who because they'll get in trouble and I'll get in trouble. But I've heard some good things about the bat. I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see, to see it. I'm excited to um, hopefully be a good movie because there's a lot of actors in that film that I like. But you guys listen to the first half of the show because we talk about sports. The movie crew can join a little bit later. Or they can't. It doesn't really matter. You just enjoy both of them. We love you guys regardless. But so let's recap the Super Bowl. Obviously, a tight game. Um, for me personally, if Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't get hurt, that game's a blowout. I, I really feel that way. They didn't have an answer early on for Odell. Odell, you know, left the game with the two catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Which, by the way, if you listen to this very podcast, one of my favorite bets of the game was a guarantee an Odell Beckham Jr. touchdown. And if you listened Sunday morning to the Super Bowl preview where we threw out some bets, I did say sprinkle some money on OBJ for the first touchdown of the game, which also hit. So 
I did pretty good last weekend, six and two overall my picks, which again, you can't be upset about that, guys. Look, I'm not saying I'm great at betting, but I put in about 15% of some of what these other guys do, and their results don't end up as well. Now, I guarantee next year I'll put a little more effort into it, and I'll probably be two and 50 on the year. So, but with that being said, I thought the game was good. I was happy it didn't end up being a blowout. You know what I mean? I was very upset and sad for OBJ because. I really feel like he was revitalizing his career. Uh, I think he got a bad rap in Cleveland. Whether that was due to his fault or due to Baker's fault or due to the Browns' fault, it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I was happy for him. I think he's a very good receiver. But now with the torn ACL, he probably will be out this coming year. So he's in, he was in a contract year, which is also extremely frustrating. Um, but I kind of see a lot of good things coming from the Super Bowl. Stafford got a ring. Um, and then, of course, you know, that kind of really made me happy because Stafford's always been that guy that's stuck in purgatory out in Detroit. But uh, good for him. Happy for him. Happy for Cup, who ended up winning the Super Bowl MVP, which deservingly so. Um, Fox, what were your thoughts on the game as a collective, man? Yeah. Um, you know, you weren't the only one happy about that OBJ touchdown. I heard Drake put $1.5 million on that. So, God, Lee. Yeah, so as soon as that uh, hit, oh, that was that was the talk at, at the gathering that I was in. But I, you know, it was a good game. Um, it was competitive. I uh, sadly must have been channeling my inner Chris Collinsworth because I made a joke about at least the Rams have scored more than they did in their first Super Bowl, and like two minutes later, I heard him say the same joke on the air. So either that or he he was miking my house and trying to get material, which. I hope I helped you, Chris. I hope I helped you. Um, the Bengals, you know, going into it, we talked a lot about it was going to be the Bengals offensive line versus the Rams defensive line that was probably going to determine the outcome of the game. And that, along with uh, some horrendous officiating, really uh, turned the second half Um you know, first, I thought the officials were going to cost the Rams the game. And then later, it was like they got a call that said, you've already screwed this team. Um, so it's time to screw the other team. Yeah, that terrible call, like the no call on Ramsey, that was awful. How about Aaron Donald getting straight up punched in the face by a lineman on the boundary? And I saw one of the referees actually made an ejection signal. And then they came together, and there wasn't even a penalty. Yeah, it kind of blew my mind. Like it, it, like when that when that touchdown happened, when the T. Higgins touchdown mm-hmm. happened, I thought the game was over. I really thought that this was going to be the momentum mm-hmm. shift because, like anybody that watches that play, look, Ramsey. We talked about this on the show. Ramsey can be burnt, right? Ramsey likes to play a deadly game, and and when you like to play that kind of game as a cornerback, when you like to be aggressive, you can end up getting burnt, and, and that just happens. That's what happens when that style of play happens. But Ramsey's still – like, I want everybody to remember, Ramsey's still one of the best cornerbacks in football. Like, he really is. Like, he is a lockdown corner. But he does like to take risk, and when you when take risks, sometimes they don't pay off. But that touchdown was not on him, folks. He was stride for stride with Higgins, and Higgins literally, like, tore the man's head off. Literally ripped the man's head off. Well, it was like one hand he had, if you were watching, under had Ramsey's jersey. The other one grabbed the face mask and threw him onto the ground. I I don't know how that gets missed. I don't either. And I feel like – and that's a crazy thing. They they let them play three and and, and eight-tenths of a quarters of a game. And then the last, like, few minutes of the game, it's like laundry everywhere, right? 
like it kind of was upsetting in some ways because it was like, don't let the Super Bowl be won on something that you haven't been calling all game. Like if you're not going to call the Higgins play, which is complete and utter crap, but then you're going to call the little hand stuff that was happening in the end zone. Come on, man. Like, I don't understand. I was also for a minute. I was worried um, because it ended up being that offsetting penalties, but cup got helmet to helmet lit up in the end zone and there was offsetting penalties. The Rams made a penalty. So that's, that's, but for a minute I thought, if they knocked him unconscious, it it could be over. Yeah, really. they, I'm not throwing it to Skoranek in the corner of the end zone. No, so, that's the thing. Like you could tell that he was like I mean, because even that one he had Jeff. Like at first, when I first saw it, I, I saw the the, the miss pass to Jefferson because Jefferson was wide open. But once you see the different angle, you saw that there was a Bengals guy that he would have had to throw that damn near perfect, which. Obviously, if you haven't seen the highlight of the no-look pass by Stafford, it's one of the better passes. And that's the crazy thing about it is I, if Patrick Mahomes makes that pass, we're, like, circle-jerking it across the country. Like, and no offense, like, I like Patrick Mahomes. I do. But, man, let's get off this guy's nuts a little bit, all right? There's other good quarterbacks in the football league. And let's talk about the fact that he choked the week two weeks before. I, but we won't go there anymore. But the next thing is I'm going to talk about the halftime show. I was all over it. It was fantastic. I loved it. It's my cup. My, it was my jam. I'm a big Eminem fan. Saw him live, one of the best concerts I've ever seen live. But I, I love 50 Cent. And, you know, everybody's criticizing 50 Cent. But I'm pretty certain that um, I can join the party of I ain't looking like what I did whenever it was 2004, whatever it was, whenever he was you know, hopping and bobbing. And I don't have as much money as 50 Cent, but the jokes were still funny. Sorry, guys, the jokes were still funny. Like, don't get me wrong, I laughed at all of them. But at the end of the day, I really enjoyed the the, the, the uh, halftime show. I thought it was great. One of my favorite halftime shows. And, and I really feel like it was, it was great to see a collaborative effort, right? It's not a one-man show. Like, I don't really love the one-man shows. I like when they bring other people on the stage and they bring some, but Dr. Dre kind of leading it and then kind of showing the the, the hands that he's had within that industry has been was really, really cool. So what did you think of it, Matt? I liked it a lot, too. I also just realized we're both wearing gray, celebrating the state of Colorado. Hey, there we go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> it's more normal for me. Um, I really enjoyed the halftime show. I, everybody I was with uh, liked it a lot, too. Um, the jokes. Well, first of all, it's weird because 50 Cent was the only one of six recognizable performers that didn't get announced he was going to be there. It was, it was didn't get reference that he was there in the post game, you know, or in the post halftime when they're talking about everybody. But the best, uh, the best one I saw on Twitter was that Fifty Cent looked like he had been hit by inflation. Oh yeah, definitely. My buddy uh, Rob, my, my buddy Rob Sprant had tweeted something out like that, and I, yeah. I died laughing. It's one of the funnier tweets that I saw all game. You and- know the best though. Um, so I love Eminem. I was excited about that. I was excited about Dre. They released backstage footage of Eminem meeting Al Michaels, who apparently he really likes. And I had to pause because I was laughing so hard. Al Michaels, oh, I love your music. If Al Michaels had ever heard an Eminem song before Sunday, I would be shocked. <laughs> same. <laughs> I can say. Um, I did enjoy it. Uh, Commercials-wise, I thought it was kind of just okay. I don't really remember. I feel like they want me to invest in crypto and get an electric vehicle. That was my takeaway. And while I'm drinking a hard seltzer. Sopranos one, right? I love that one just because I'm a big Sopranos guy. Eh. 
I, I mean, I knew what they were going for. I thought it was okay. Um, our friend Matt, who is a huge Sopranos fan, hated. He said that oh. was his least. It made him so angry that trading on Sopranos le- legacy to sell like an electronic vehicle. I liked it, I, and I don't. Just, I can I can understand the hate from it, but I really did enjoy it. I thought it was. I thought it was a good commercial. Um, all right, so real quick, we're gonna talk about the Rams and Bengals. Um, so I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter about how. Um, Wait, before we do, did you see the trailer for or the co- commercial for Doctor Strange? Uh, no, I don't watch trailers. You really didn't watch it? No, I didn't see it. The only trailer that I saw in the Super Bowl was the uh, the Nope trailer. That was the only trailer that I watched or saw. Oh, that that one was good too. I watched both the commercial and the full trailer for Doctor Strange. There's a part of uh, the past of Marvel movies. Oh uh, yeah. Well, the thing about it was is is you had no choice. But if you're on Twitter, you already know what happened in the trailer. Like you had a dissecting piece by piece by piece by moment by moment by moment on as Twitter. it was happening. As it was happening, like as you see, probably Benedict's face is. Oh my God, Doctor Strange trailer. Oh my God, there's Wolverine and all these other people. That's why I was not really on my phone during the game. So yeah, no, I I didn't see the commercial. I didn't see the trailer. I don't like watching trailers. The only reason I saw the Nope one, and it's not really a trailer, obviously, because you only get a thirty second spot on TV. Um, I did see that one, which I love Jordan Peele and I love his work. So I'm very excited for Nope. I I think it's going to be. I really feel like it's going to be good. My expectations are through the roof after his two other features mm-hmm. were brilliant in, in so many different ways. It's like I wrote an article about it, and I really just want to revisit us and and uh, get out. And funny enough, like I wrote this in the thing because he's written several different things, right? You know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. Full features, especially like Keanu. He wrote Keanu, which I really like Keanu. I would love to see him now that he's a more polished writer. I would love to see him kind of dive back into a humor but maybe even if it's like a dark humor a little bit, but I would love to see him kind of venture back into that a little bit. Um, but uh, where were we at? Rams, Bengals, quick thoughts on where we think they go from here. Now I saw, like I was saying, the, the, the Rams are in hell, cap hell in some aspects, but they can very easily get out of cap hell with a couple of restructures from top to bottom. Um, I saw an article, I think it was on ESPN where they, if they restructure maybe like five or six of their top guys' dollars, they can get into the plus relatively easy. The thing about this is, is they're going to – I feel like OBJ being gone is going to hurt, but people forget they're getting Robert Woods back, right? Robert Woods is a very talented wide receiver. But my thing is this. So I think about this. OBJ is probably out for the season. Okay, he's a free agent. I do think if they can get him back on the cheap and have him return in, that, in, in a playoff run, I really feel like they can go very far there with that. I do think – Obviously, they paid the price to win a ring. You know what I mean? They don't have the draft capital, which is a struggle for them. Um, but they also are very good at finding some late-round picks. So I could see them trying to lock and load for another run. I personally don't understand why Stafford would come back. I would walk away. Like, I legitimately – like, you've made your money. You won your ring. And I would just retire. I know there's a big question mark surrounding McVay. I do think he comes back. I, I don't really know if he's going to retire yet. But I, And the thing about it was is what started the whole thing was is everybody's like, they asked him, do you want to coach into your 60s? And he was like, no. And they're like, oh, McVay's retiring after the Super Bowl. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, 
everybody, let's calm. Like, let's stop taking things out of perspective here. Now, he did say that he doesn't want to coach that long, which is fine. Like, he wants to have a family. And somebody like McVeigh, who is, first off, brilliant when it comes to a lot of things. And, of course, some of his, co- some of his play calling can be very questionable. But I still think he's a very good coach. He does have the Super Bowl now in his pocket. So, I don't know. For the Rams' sake, I think they can make another run. I really do. Um, if they if they lock and load correctly. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, so right now they're projecting to be a little over $19 million over the cap with what they've got. I am not 100% sure they don't get OBJ back on a cheap deal because he's a free agent and coming off of a torn ACL where it happened, uh, it being the same knee that it happened before i doubt he's ready at the beginning of the season i could see him just taking kind of a friendly deal playing with a better team where he could come in at the end of october and november and ease himself in and then get another playoff run um the other thing to think about with the rams is we have to see what all the retirements are that shake out because you usually i believe don't take a huge cap hit uh if a player retires so Andrew Whitworth's cap hit alone is projected to be almost 18 million. I would almost guarantee he retires. Guy just won a Super Bowl. He's 40 years old, won NFL Walter Payton Man of the Year. That's an almost better walk away on top of the game than John Elway had. Um, you know, so I I would think that's potential if he and Aaron Donald retire because I'm still, I you know, Aaron Donald, I'm sort of 50-50. You know, you haven't gotten a strong sense. The Rams are actually dive back under the cap. Now, that's unfortunately a couple big holes to fill. But they they could actually get cap relief through retirements. And I wouldn't be surprised if the cap jumps quite a bit going into this year because it seemed like the NFL made – Quite a bit. They did not have the financial losses in 2021 that they thought they might. 18 million, I think I saw it. Yeah. So I'm not as worried about that. If if they had a whole so if Stafford, Donald, McVeigh, if they all walk away, the Rams are in a rebuild. Oh, for sure. But if it's just I think Whitworth retires because that makes sense. Age, stage, everything yeah. he's accomplished. But if most of the other guys come back, I think they're still strong contenders in the NFC. You're right about Robert Woods. I would not, I, like I said, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that they retain like an OBJ. With Akers and Henderson still on rookie deals, they have some running back in there. And I think we've seen they can plug and play and, and fill the holes. Um, you know, they still have a core of a good team under contract. So I think they're right there still. Yeah, I think they have a tight ends too. You know what I mean? I know yep, Higby. But Blanton looked good, which was weird to see him not play in the game. I know he got hurt apparently, I think it was. Yeah, he tore his shoulder. He couldn't play. Okay, so then, of course, but then uh, Pinky looked pretty good too. Or was it? It's no. Hopkins. Hopkins. Bryson Hopkins. I get Hopkins and Pinkney mis- mixed up from Vanderbilt there, Vanderbilt and Purdue, whenever they were in the same draft class. But he looked good. He looked good down the stretch a little bit whenever they needed him to step up, made some plays. Like nobody expected him to even be of existence in the game. So the question is going to be kind of Van Jefferson. We haven't seen him take. At times he's looked okay. Um, a couple of drops in the big one. And then, you know, you also have to wonder, last year they took Atwell. Um, Is he going to develop into something? Yeah, they've got a lot of different tools. Like, they have the weapons. But I think about this. If they can get OBJ back on the team, 
obviously health dependent. Obviously, we all have a three wide receiver set with Cut Woods and OBJ is incredibly deadly. Like it really is. And yeah, something we never got to see actually because yeah. uh, we wouldn't have seen it obviously if Woods doesn't get hurt either. I don't think, you know what I mean? They don't make the play for OBJ if Woods doesn't go down. No, Woods they got OBJ before Woods got hurt. Woods got hurt literally two days after they after signed OBJ day. in right. practice. It was supposed to be the kind of three. It's because they, they, if you remember, they had started the season with Deshaun Jackson and they were hoping yeah, he'd be the field stretcher. Yeah. Sure, he enjoyed his time with the Raiders. How long? How many games did Deshaun Jackson play? Don't you have to play like fifty percent? You get a ring or something like that? Oh, with the Rams? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a free ring there. Um, so speaking of the Bengals, I, I just just touch on them real quick. I don't think they come back. I I think that. Look, I, this is very reminiscent of the the Carolina Panthers run, and not the same the same aspect. And I don't think. I'm not sitting here saying that the Bengals won't make it back to the playoffs, but I really feel like Joe Burrow may never see the Super Bowl again. So, seven? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nine, nine with the Raiders, seven with the Rams. But I know it's not 15 targets. So, for me, it's like it's – I really don't believe the Bengals are ever going to be back in the Super Bowl. And I know that sounds crazy, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I really feel like they got one of those lucky runs – which kind of really helps. Obviously, they have cap money. I think they're like thirty million in cap space this offseason. They need to spend all thirty million on the offensive line for sure. But I mean, because that was what the big—that was the reason they lost the game. You know what I mean? It came down to the big moments. Eric Donald wrecked the place, and they just couldn't protect Burrow. But I just don't think this is a this is a Cinderella run. They could easily finish third or fourth place next year, and it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. They really would. What about you, man? Yeah, I mean. The Bengals, what they 100% have to focus on this offseason is the line. Yeah. Because there was a lot of debate. Should they have taken Chase? Should they have taken Sewell? I don't necessarily, after seeing how everything played out, I don't think taking Chase was necessarily the wrong choice. But it was a choice. And they rolled the dice on their ability to patch it over. And for the most part, during the regular season, it was good enough. But you have to remember, they weren't a dominant team at any point in time they were 10 and 7 they won their division more due i would say to attrition you know the steelers had that weird flex with a tie the browns and the ravens kind of fell off the shelf i'm with you two of those three teams probably can rebound really easily the steelers are a massive question because of quarterback and some other issues the AFC is not an easy conference. They ended up having a near perfect path to the Super Bowl in that they got the Raiders in the first round, which the Raiders were a decent team, but didn't match up very well. And then instead of getting either the Chiefs or the Bills, who I think either probably could have taken them out, they got to go to Tennessee, which had its own set of difficulties, and and they were able to just do enough to get past them. Chiefs kind of melted down there. I'm going to be really curious to see what happens. Uh, it seems like now it's coming out that Patrick Mahomes has been at odds with Eric Bieniemy, and I'm wondering if that has something to do with Bieniemy not landing some of these coaching jobs the last couple of years. Now it seems like he may not even be back with the Chiefs, which is just a, a meteoric fall for a guy who seemed to be the hottest coaching candidate going into the offseason. So there are a lot of kind of issues working in there. But if you're the Bengals, 
you know, your defense was pretty decent, stepped up when I needed to. You have great weapons in a lot of different areas. I even liked what Mixon did in the backfield. I mean, he was running hard. Got to do better on the line because seven sacks, particularly in crunch time moments when when Aaron Donald and Von Miller, and I know those guys are great, but they caved that line and when you get to a super bowl to an elite championship game you're always going to face teams that have great personnel throughout the field because that's how those teams got there and i so i think the Bengals really this through the draft through the offseason need to put some time into that line because I, I don't know about you but i winced when i saw burrow's knee get rolled up i thought if that guy blows a knee out of Fortunately, it was just nice. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. MCL, MCL sprain. Yeah. But those are the things you got to worry about or they're just going to get him killed. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, it, you know, if Burrow goes down the team's toes. You know what I mean? If Burrow is Burrow brings a presence about himself. And I know there's the whole Sewell versus Chase thing. I honestly don't believe they're there in the Super Bowl without Chase. They're not. It just – it's that offense is kind of opens up a lot with – with Chase back there. And Sewell had a good season, but he didn't have a great season. He struggled too a little bit throughout the season. But um, so with that being said, I, I don't know. We're, the next segment we're going to do is worst to first, right? So that's what the, the Bengals did this year. Um, the teams that finished in last place this year, Giants, Seahawks, Lions, Panthers, Jets, Broncos, Ravens, Jaguars. In my humble opinion, you can wipe away the Giants, Lions, Jets, and Jaguars. I think it. See, the thing about it's crazy is is Broncos have really strong odds, and I think it all depend. It depends on Aaron Rodgers. When we we all know they're just going to re-sign Teddy Bridgewater, like we all know that's going to happen. So the inevitable is happening, and it's going to be the demise of Matthew Fox when it does happen. But honestly, the thing about it is, is Rodgers would go to Denver. That means they they are shooing for you know a playoff contention, right? You know what I mean, right off the bat, but. Um, I think there's less than a 1% chance now uh, based on a lot of the things that have transpired. Building the house in Nashville, though, so. Well, I mean, that might be good for you. Despite all that, um, just making – so I'm going to say there are – I agree with you. I'm wiping out the the two New York teams. I don't put – Detroit, you know, could – be a little bit better but i don't see them bouncing back i also don't believe in uh, i think it's going to take more than a year for jacksonville to come back i think if jacksonville can get in the six to eight win range next year that's going to be a nice meteoric leap for they have some problems i don't believe in carolina anymore i don't know what matt rule is doing i don't know that going and getting ben mcadoo was the answer to all of their offensive problems they still don't have a quarterback so i'm kind of knocking a couple of those out the teams that you know are, are intriguing Seattle 
Seattle's not that far removed from being in the playoffs. If they get Russell Wilson to feel settled there and they can reload and get some pieces, they're also a team that I think had some bad luck at times last year, bad injury luck, bad Baltimore. Baltimore shouldn't be down as a last place team. Talk about bad injury luck. I mean, they were the number one seed in the AFC in November and they just couldn't win down the stretch. They lost six straight games to close the season. Lamar Jackson couldn't come back. I think that's that's a very obvious, that would technically be a worst to first. But I'm going to say, you know, maybe it's fandom, but Denver has not was not as bad as their record has looked the last couple of years. They suffered from some really mediocre coaching both offensive play calling and I think game management. I honestly Fangio did a nice job with defense, but game management as a whole, I think he cost himself five to seven wins the last two years with some of the clock management and some of the shenanigans at the end. They are in a really competitive division, but Denver is a team. We also saw how tight packed the West is. If you get three or four games to go the other way for any of those teams, that's a worst to first. And that's kind of, that was really kind of what happened with the Bengals. The Bengals weren't as bad as their record in the first part of the season. Then Joe Burrow got injured. And when you have a Brandon Allen, and I can't even remember the other guy that they threw out there. They looked like an abomination going down the stretch, but they weren't that bad at the beginning. And most people going into this season, I know I did, I thought they were at at least a six to seven win range. You get a little bit better luck, which is what they end up with. And you get up into nine, 10 wins. And sometimes with that kind of luck, you can get into the playoffs. So that's where if you were looking for a true team in that situation, I'd say it's probably for me, it's Denver because I think Seattle and Baltimore have good chances simply because they were a little bit of outliers. Yeah. If you look at Denver, three of their last four games that they lost, I mean, they were seven and six, right? You know, you're seven and six, you're sitting pretty for at least a, a, a stab at the wild card. And three of the four games they lost were only by one touchdown, you know, or one score, you know what I'm saying? So one score switches at any given way there, you're looking at a different ball game. They lost two other games by one score as well. So, again, you're looking at a different team here that's actually pretty decent when it comes down to things. Because if you look at their wins, they only have one game where they won by only one score. So, you know, they had a couple of big games where they blew some good teams out, especially when you look at the Dallas game. That was a pretty good win. The Chargers game was a good win because the Chargers were really strong at that particular uh, moment in the season. But – it's crazy to me. I think if they're going to do anything, they need to win some division games. You know what I mean? That's obviously what they need to do. They're one and five in the division this past year. Um, for me, for me, obviously, I'm going to cheat and say the Ravens just because that you know they are a worst to first case scenario. I think that the Ravens have a chance to be in the Super Bowl next year. You know what I mean? They're they're that good team, and what the thing that they do very well is they draft well, right? But the biggest thing about the Ravens is going to be. Lamar Jackson and his improvement in the passing game. The the thing about Lamar Jackson is, is he's very good. Very good. But man, he's so inconsistent. You need to see the strides that we've seen out of Josh Allen in him, right? Josh Allen, I thought was going to be a bum. You know what I mean? And he improved year over year on his passing, right? You know, we know he can run. We know these guys can run, but we need to see a little bit more maturity in the passing game. We need to see some potential maturity in the receivers as well, right? You need to get some maturity of the receivers 
Hollywood Brown is great and all, but his drop problem is crazy. But also there's a report out there Hollywood Brown might retire. Um, Did you see, though, uh, that got a little bit debunked? I, that would be shocking, though. Well, the thing about it is – set them way back. The thing about it is, is to be honest with you guys, people don't realize how much money a lot of these up-and-coming guys can make on – playing video games and if you already have that name and he's i mean he doesn't have the rookie he's on a rookie contract so he didn't make maybe as much as some of these other guys it would be interesting it would be interesting to see if something like that would transpire i i wouldn't hate the idea some of these guys are starting to see that their worth is a lot more than what football is because you know at any given time you're nobody especially these running backs in football like they're dime a dozen and if you looked at i saw the stat about the uh the one stat that I thought was interesting was about the running back position and like the salary cap for the running back position over the last couple of years. Like nobody had been making more than like four or five million dollars. I think uh, it was something along those lines. But the salary cap, like total for the last, I think it was like eight years, <coughs> was less than what uh, Zeke Elliott made this year in one year. So I just thought that was intriguing. Um, I also I like the Ravens and the Seahawks. Um, I don't I don't hate the Panthers here. I don't love them. And I, it, I kind of looked at them by default because of, of, of that division could be a disaster. You know what I mean? So that division could be very, very rough this year. I do think that the Bucks are going to make a move or two. It'll be interesting to see what the Saints do. And the Falcons aren't really out of the equation because um, you still have, obviously, right now, as it sits the best quarterback in the division with Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan had a good year, especially down the stretch. So they weren't as bad as their record was either. Um, Panthers by default, you know what I mean? I really see that division coming down to a nine and eight, you know, 10 and 10 and seven type of record. And, and when you play in that division, that's one of those divisions that changes every year, right? You know what I mean? A different, different team ends up on top. So second, I think it's the third consecutive. You no, know, the Saints had won it like two or three years in a row or whatever. It was like the first time in a long time, but they won four in a row before. Yeah. And, and it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens there as well, because like I said, that division there can fluctuate a whole lot. Um, yeah, I think that's all. I, I, I am not lying. I'm going to throw a little bit of money on the Ravens plus 2,000 to win the Super Bowl, because I think that they can make some offseason moves are really – and I'm not saying I'm going to throw the farm on it, but I like them at plus 2,000 right now. I think that changes as the offseason progresses. Um, yeah. All right. So teams that go the other way. Teams that go the other way, um, depending on what Green Bay does, if Rodgers leaves, they're gonna they're, they will not win. They'll probably be a middle middle of the road team. Um, the Bucks could be in that path. Um, I really feel like the Bengals could be flip flop this year. I really do. Um, the Titans aren't going to be as good as they were. I still think they probably win the division because I don't know what Indianapolis is going to do at the quarterback position. Um, I like the hiring of Doug Peterson down in Jacksonville. I still like that hiring. I think they can turn that team around, but they're three or four maybe years away from, you know, sniffing, sniffing something. But the biggest team that I think is going to take a drastic hit this year is the San Francisco 49ers. And and you can say that because they're in the conference championship. So you and it, I are on the same page. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, is I know I like Trey Lance a little bit more than you do. And I don't really love him. But you're talking about a team that overachieved. Like they had this. Like they they overachieved a whole lot this year and the entire year. And I really feel like Jimmy G has a certain presence about. It. And I know people like to criticize the guy. He's not the best quarterback, right? He's not. But 
he has a really solid win percentage with that team since he's been with the team. And that's the thing. Like, so when it comes down to the facts is, is, is it's just that. So if you're going to get rid of that veteran presence and you're just going to hand the keys over to Trey Lance, I think that he can struggle. Another team that I'm cautiously optimistic about is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they did make the playoffs this year. I don't love Jalen Hurts. He looked better down the stretch. I will not lie. But if they move on from Hurts, then maybe they look a little bit better. But I think you're talking about a Washington football team that underachieved, in my opinion, this year. I think they're a good quarterback. I really like the idea of Jimmy G being in Washington. I think he's the perfect kind of game manager that you need in that team. And they have a really good defense that just fell apart. Like, it just fell apart. We were talking about them as probably being one of the better defenses in football this year. And they just were terrible. So, and they went 7-10. and 10. That's not a bad – again, that's not hard to flip-flop three or four wins there if you get the right guy in, right? You know what I mean? I think with yeah, – But having a bad nickname – can really cost you four games, and as yeah, soon as they rolled out Commanders, they went thirteen to three and team this year. So, and uh, I think if, if Philadelphia does struggle, Washington can make a play. They were two and four in the division. You win, go four and two in the division. It flip flops, and you're there. Another team, maybe Dallas. So, I don't know. That's dare, a dare you? What do you think? So I'm with you that uh, Tampa Bay and Green Bay are question marks only because of quarterback. I, if Tampa Bay goes and gets a veteran, as has been rumored, even like a Jimmy or something like that, I find it hard to believe the core of that team can drop below 10 wins. So, you know, but if they're going with Kyle Trask, sometimes the growing pains – can put you in the, you know, we, we saw it with New Orleans. New Orleans was the core of a team that won four AFC South titles in a row. Michael Thomas couldn't get on the field. They couldn't figure out the quarterback. All they could muster was nine wins. So those kind of things happen. Green Bay could, you know, it could not just be Rodgers, but it could also be Adams. And then if you lose both Rodgers and Adams, do you look at moving Aaron Jones and just trying to kind of reboot? I'm not – team Jordan love right now. Uh, I'd have to see a lot more from him before I thought that that was a team that could even produce a winning record with the, cause it's green Bay is a great offense because of three individual players. You start peeling those individual players off and that team doesn't have a lot of pieces. So th that's a, that's a different situation. If we were talking just teams that have put themselves on a trajectory to have a problem I am with you with San Francisco. Um, there was an ominous stat that I think I mentioned earlier in the season. After seven games of a, of a season, only once as 49ers head coach has Kyle Shanahan had a team that had a record over 500. This last year wasn't even one of those years. They kind of got caught fire for a little bit of a stretch and were able to pull themselves up there in an incredibly difficult division. You know, the Rams are the reigning Super Bowl champions. The Cardinals have a lot of pieces. Uh, they're at least good for half a season, usually the first half of a season. And Seahawks, you know, could definitely bounce back. You know, they had some bad injury luck. They had some bad game luck. They had some middling play calls, and that knocked them to 7-10. But that's a very crowded division. And we've seen the 49ers throughout Shanahan's time, seemingly alternate between being in the playoffs and being in the cellar and being in the playoffs and being in the cellar. So that would give me pause. The other one that I think built their season on a lot of good luck is Tennessee. And I don't know what Derrick Henry has left. I don't know 
you know, we saw Ryan Tannehill forced to carry that offense and it didn't happen. Um, their defense is not. I forget how lucky they really got. Like they really got lucky down the stretch and I understand they finished 12 and five, but let's not pretend they beat a whole lot of anything down the stretch. Now the, uh, they lost. They, they lost against. Now they did beat the Super Bowl champs, right? Without, <coughs> right. That was that. They did win that football game, and then they beat the Saints, which was not a very good. But like down the stretch, they lost to Houston. They lost to New. They got blown out by New England. Then they beat a Jacksonville team. Then they lost to Pittsburgh, and they had close game against San Francisco, Miami. Who knows what the hell they were doing? And then they beat Houston. They didn't beat a lot of great teams last year. Especially down the street. Well, no, the only thing they have going for them is Jacksonville likely will be better, but we think we both think is still in a rebuild. Houston, with some of the moves they've already made this offseason, gives you the impression they plan to tread water for another year. And the Colts now seem dead set on dumping Wentz, and that leaves a big quarterback size question for that team. So that's the only thing Tennessee has going for them. But with Wentz having gone there before he got injured prior to the season, I actually thought the Colts were going to win the AFC South this year. And I certainly didn't. Ex- I thought Tennessee well overperformed. I thought they were a nine, 10 win team yep. coming into the year. They ended up with a little bit better luck than that, but you know, they took a huge gamble letting some players go and betting on Julio Jones. And that didn't turn out to be the answer. Uh, AJ Brown alone is not enough to pull them forward. And when they first started making these runs with Mike Vrabel, it was on the back of an incredible defense and a suffocating running game. And I think that defense has sort of eroded a little bit the last couple of years. Can they, it's a really pivotal off season. That is a team that I could see dropping into a seven win range fairly easily yeah, and they have six games were within one score right you know mm-hmm. what I mean? so like that to me you, you know it comes down to you're in a luck situation and they should let's let's be completely honest they should have lost the indianapolis game because indianapolis like frank wright is i don't even know about him like i'm still questioning whether he's a good head coach or not i really am and then of course the buffalo game like they got lucky there and kind of came back and won that game and i think that's because buffalo just does not have to have a running game mm-hmm. um and Buffalo really needs to address that this offseason. But with that- the other the other one that I have some concerns about is Arizona. They need to, you know, yep. they I ended brutal from of of what's his name being fired. You know what I mean? They really hard. Well, they ended brutally. They don't exactly have the complement of weapons that it seemed like on paper, and the friction between Kyler Murray and the organization is something that could, you know. The Packers and Rodgers were able to smooth that over. I don't think Kingsbury, the Cardinals, and Murray are able to do it if if they don't come back together until a week before the regular season. Yeah, I agree with that 100. percent Yeah, there's there's it's a, there's a lot of question marks on what's going on and who's in charge and who's who's on first and who's in second type of scenario. So I, I'll be interested to see what they do with that because it, it's a, it's like I said, there's a lot of question marks there and there's a lot of things like that. That team should not be continuously falling apart in the second half of the season like they have been like they were really strong in the first half of the season you got to put the pieces together and yeah, i think their run game is something that i really feel like that they need to, because to, it's to kind of hone in on as well you know what i mean that's another scenario another team where i feel like you got to have a capable run game and i know the for the 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 
the the Rams just kind of showed that maybe you don't, but they really did. Like a lot of these teams use that short passing game. Kyle Murray to me is just too inconsistent too. I feel like he's he's part of the problem. He really is. I understand like you know he's good and and he does a lot of good, but he's part of the issues too down the stretch. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what we do. See what happens. Over the next couple of weeks, it'll be interesting to see what free agency has in store with us. There's a lot of dominoes this year in the free agent pile that I'm kind of intrigued by. But before we do that, we're going to transition into Matthew Fox and I's favorite segment of the show. That's the movie corner here. Um, there's a lot of content still out, right? Stuff left over from last week you might have missed. And then, of course, in theaters, we got three new movies in theaters. We got Uncharted. We got Dog. We got Cursed. Netflix dropped Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Matthew Fox's favorite movie of the year so far. The Lincoln Dilemma dropped. It's a docu-series dropping on Apple TV Plus about Abraham Lincoln. I've heard great things about it. And then, of course, you have Severance, which is a TV show that's dropping on Apple TV Plus as well. Marvelous Miss Maisel is back. I don't even know what that is, but exciting uh, for you. One of the um, best ones on Amazon Prime created by the lady that made Gilmore Girls. Uh, I, I, I'm excited for you, I guess I could say. I mean, if that, that's what I was just saying. I'm excited for you. I don't know why you're yelling here, Matt. I mean, geez. I'm, I'm sorry about my comment about your favorite show of all time, our favorite movie of all time. So I apologize for that. But uh, I I personally, personally, I've seen Dog. I personally did not want to see that movie. Um, and I loved it. And I can't believe I loved it. I'm still shocked that I love it. But you know what? I did. So forgive me for that. So... Voila. And uh, I am I know Matthew Fox is on the opposite end of this, but I have watched the first two episodes of, of Bel Air, and I have loved him. He hated him. So, you know, watch with caution. Um, you know, I'm right yeah. here. Watch with caution. So, so, and I can't wait to find so, out. You didn't want to see Dog. You thought it was going to be terrible. That is how I felt about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And um, you know what? That was accurate. Yeah. Uh, somebody had a tweet, which uh, if you go to my timeline, I retweeted, which said, my expectations for you were low, but holy fuck. That was his initial reactions to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, if you are looking for a lot of people uh, to be dismembered, congratulations. You found your movie. 2022 has delivered you a gem. If you were looking uh, to see what would happen if somebody that had no talent decided to reboot Halloween, congratulations. You, uh, you have, well, we already got that with Rob Zombie's film, but you get it again here with, uh, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was not good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it later um, or not. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm looking forward to in life anymore, but that's, it's going to be an interesting piece of the puzzle. Um, yeah, uh, make sure to like, like we talk about, we're going to harp on it every single week until you check it out. Cause you're listening and we love you, but make sure to check out the banana meter.com, both the uncharted and the, uh, Texas chainsaw master will hit the meter this weekend. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm seeing uncharted for date night tonight. So I'm intrigued by uncharted because I think it sits and this is just like, for those of you actually listening, um, it's at like 58% on the meter right now. So it's right above the line of ripe status right now. There's been a lot of range of mixed reviews for it, but um, I'm interested to see it. I, I If it's good trash, and that's all I'm really looking forward to, you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a thing called good trash, folks, and, and, and you'll hear me harp and talk about it on so many different aspects. But if it's good trash, I look forward to it. If it's bad trash, then, uh, you know, I'll let you know it's about definitely it. Now. But uh, – all right, folks, make sure to head on over to Twitter. Give Matthew Fox a follower. Uh, follower. 
Give him a follow on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Follow myself at RickyBlair underscore. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming for you guys. Um, we were going to announce a few things, but then I nixed the announcement because I thought we were going to take off next week, but maybe we won't take off next week. It depends on – Free agent what, roundup. Exactly. It depends on what happens. And then, of course, my week will be semi-busy because I've got a date night with the Batman. But uh, yeah, you're gonna start it next week so that you'll be done by the following week, right? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But since the following week, I probably won't be around because I will be in a different state. But I'm just, I don't know. We'll see. The schedule is the schedule. We'll let you know. We appear, and once it drops into your ears, if you're listening on podcast uh, formats, we appreciate you. Um, we're gonna have a lot of fun this off season. We are. We've got a lot of the other writers on the Music City Drive-In that are gonna pitch in. We've got some rankings coming your way. We got some rookie stuff. Um, we're gonna have a draft show. I've hosted one two consecutive years. I really haven't made a formal announcement, but if you've made it to forty-seven second, forty-seven minutes and twenty seconds into the podcast, you are the first to hear that we are going to do a. Uh, live draft show like we've done every year for the last couple of years. I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. We'll have Just guests to watch me cry when they take Malik Willis at pick nine. Exactly. And then of course I think I'm going to, you know what, even better this year, we're going to make a drinking game out of this year's draft and I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'll be taking part in it. Um, and Matthew Fox will be crying over the Broncos pick and I'll be crying over uh, my stupid idea of having a drinking game. But uh, thanks for listening guys. We'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>